Good Looking Out, episode 31, a podcast about what to eat, watch, read, and listen to. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. What's up, Santos? It's been a minute. It has been a minute, my friend. Yeah, man. You've been on the move. Yeah. Living at that airport. Pretty much. Fuck, working that, working that, those, those fucking sky miles. I have to say, the Minneapolis airport is one of the best airports in the country. You really start to realize when you go to other cities, other cities that should have really good airports, like L.A. and San Francisco, their airports are just garbage. (laughs) Fucking The food is garbage. The setup is garbage. You know, the flights are later in and out. I mean, I think we get really spoiled being here in Minneapolis. This airport is killer, yeah. Um, Now, have you, we were talking about this a little while back, have you gotten your... um, have you re-upped on your uh, pre-check yet? I just went and did it. Oh, you I, passed I it. got the approval, too, already. It Actually, they, they said it would take, like, 30 to 60 days, and I got it in, like, a week and a half, maybe. Did you do it at the airport? Uh, yeah, I did do it at the airport. I, what happened was I just kept going before, when, I had t- when I would get through security really fast, and I had, like, an hour and a half before a flight. I just kept going. I didn't get in the first time. I had to bail uh, and go, but the uh. second time. So... The pro move is you fill out the form online, and if you fill out the form online, the thing seriously takes like seven minutes. So if you can get, actually get in, you're you're through it really quick. You just answer some questions on the screen. Um, takes about three minutes. They fingerprint you. Takes about another three minutes. They print something out, give you a receipt. You're good to go. No you shit. You get an email in like a week and a half where you get a known traveler identification number. You just add that to your travel profile whenever you book. Uh, you ninety eight to ninety nine percent of the time you get pre check. Fucking a, yeah. All right, I gotta, I gotta get on that. They do have places not at the airport to do it. Yeah, I know. There's one buried somewhere. There's a Knollwood Mall one, and there's one someplace else. Yeah, I was gonna check that shit out, but all right. Well, but for anyone who doesn't know about this, and you travel more than a few times a year, it's definitely worth it. It's eighty bucks for five years. And you get pre-check. You don't have to take any of your stuff out. You just, like, make sure you don't have any metal in your pocket. You don't even have to take your jacket off. You just put your stuff through. Boom, you're through. It's like you're a human being again, and you're not treated like like cattle. Well, uh, to be honest, the big, that's prodded. not even the biggest um, perk. The biggest perk is you get the sideline. Oh, yeah. Like, you get the short line. Oh, yeah, the short line. Like, I mean, the reason why the line's short is because the whole thing is just moving fast. Rolling. No one has to deal with that shit. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the best part of it. For sure. And the TSA just lost, like, a bunch of it. Like, they just had another budget cut. Um, and wait times, they're expecting, with the economy doing well and fuel prices being very low, they're expecting, like, a boon this year. Jeez. In, um, in, uh. In travel, how do I uh, hit the up arrow? Actually, sorry, everybody. So we're gonna do um, something a little. I, I hit the um, as you can see here, Frost. I hit the uh, the Mercado. Yeah, and I got a pile of hot sauces. Um, so I think we're gonna let's let's just go through and and yak about some whatever. And and try some of these hot sauces. I got what two, four, half a dozen, eight of these these bad bitches here. Nice. Um, so 
let's try them out. And uh, I got some chicharron. I got um, some nice chips. Well, apologies for any sort of loud chewing noises. Oh yeah, the mic right now. It's we'll do our best. Probably going to be persistent throughout the episode. <laughs> yeah. Also, what do you think of this? Um, for beverages this evening, we're drinking a uh, semi-sweet hard cider from the Seattle Cider Company. It's very good. Yeah, you like it? I do like it, yeah. I've been drinking a lot of cider lately. Um, Mimi, our, our, our nanny, her husband's a beer salesman, and he um, he brings over some badass ciders. It all the time. feels like there's a kind of a cider boom happening. Oh, like yeah. It didn't happen in the United States for the longest time, and ciders have been something like in Europe and the UK have been a thing for quite a while. And now all of a sudden it's like it's hitting here. So it's my understanding that um, the – so you – orchards across America basically turned some time ago – to um, dessert apples, apples that are good for eating, hmm. and because nobody really drank that much cider here, right? It fell out of fashion, so they turned all the orchards to dessert apples, which do not make good cider because oh. they're too full of sugar. So one of the reasons that you don't get a ton of cider in America is because we don't have the apples. Hmm. So um, you're starting to see new orchards being planted now, cider orchards with apples that are are just they're not for eating they're for making cider um so yeah there you go a little more about cider than you you were cool you're planning on here uh, i had no idea apples yeah. i just thought like you could take any old apples and turn it into you can turn it into sweet cider i'm sure like more like apple probably juice. Yeah, yeah but that's fucking nuts that's shit sucks right i mean this is this is nice this is this is dry it, yeah but I, I was talking about, you know, like, when it's apple harvest time and they have the really good... Like, oh, really, God, like, that kind you mean. You yeah. mean, like, soft cider. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 God, that's so good. Yeah. They, they, that you get in the fall. Yeah. The time you get at harvest time, like, when you're a kid, you know? And I will pound a fucking half <laughs> gallon of that. Th- like, I'll take just, it to the Just head. shit your guts out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's what happens. I pretty much do that every time we go picking apples in the fall. Because they got them in, like, buckets of ice. So you just wear, like, an adult diaper? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just drive 110 miles an hour home. Yeah. Like, it's just code brown. Everybody out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, on the horn. Fucking. <laughs> Gangway, I got to get to the house. Um, and we'll dig in. Actually, let's fuck it. Let's pour it now. I got um, right. I got a tequila here. Um, it's not a um, it's not an ultra high end. I'd say this is like this is like um, I don't know. It's getting up to there. It's a reposado from Jalisco in Mexico. Uh, Casamigos. Um. Is uh, is named? It's a hundred percent agave. It's um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good one. I, I like, I like it. It's clean. So you going for that one first, huh? Eric, Eric's he's digging into. So I got like I said, like eight bottles of hot sauce here, and you're going for like the cheapest one first. Like I feel like that was the. That was the shittiest one on the table. Oh, I kind of like it. You do? I mean, we'll see how the other ones are. Um, I can't even read this label. I know. I was just trying to read it, too. I don't know what it says. 
It's like... Yeah, I don't know what... Ta- the- tamarula? Yeah. Salsa picante tamarula? Salsa picante. All these are salsa picante. But I got, um, yeah. Ooh. Standards. Do, do, you, do you like tequila? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I do too. Um, I don't, um, I go through phases, but, um. Do you already try some of these? Well, I have had, um, so that, this brand, oh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is a major, I think I'm about that about to one, kill myself? No, actually, you're right there. You're right, yeah. I don't know, you may be. You may want to share that with another chip. Oh, um, yeah, I see the triple extra hot sauce. <laughs> Yeesh. That is... Oh, yeah, that's a gnarly... That I've never had this one. Um, yeah, Jeez. so I actually I'm glad I... Give me a warning. I, I caught you there, yeah. I haven't tried this one. Um, this brand, though, El Yucateco, um, is pretty widespread, but it is... Um, it's my favorite brand. And they've got probably... A dozen skews. Um, this one I've not had. Um, this one, I mean, and, and to be honest with you, listeners, like, there's no real way to tell the difference between these unless you look at the bottle because they, it's basically the color. Um, the names of them, Catboli. That doesn't even look like it's in Spanish. I don't know what the fuck that says. But um, most of them are habanero sauces, but um, different. I don't know, different kinds of fucking habaneros or some shit? I don't know. Was it not that hot? It was hot. I mean, it's hot. Hmm. It's probably the hottest hot sauce I've had in a while, so yeah, I'm glad I backed off on that. Because oh, I good. took like a 20th of what I originally poured on the chip, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty hot. Oh, good. Yeah, you had you had a teaspoon on there. That would have that fucking shocked the monkey. Um, So, I want, we should talk... Um, I was thinking, we were saying this before, like maybe going back a little bit to... Yeah, this habanero shit is like, it's got a punch. It's got a punch, right? Um, yeah, this is must be from the Yucatan, El Yucateco. Yeah, this is like a bunch of... Their tagline are- is, you get more habanero. So, <laughs> buyer beware. <laughs> you get more habanero is the name. Um... Yeah, so I guess. Oh, all right. Yeah, all of the, all of the El Yucateca is um, Yucateco is habanero. Um, this one is my favorite. This the Black Label Reserve. Oh shit! It's it looks um, it's hot as fuck, but it's not like it's not gonna kill you. It's not like ghost pepper hot, but it's got it's got a smoky. Um, flavor, but not chipotle. Not you know what I mean. Not like a smoked, like literal smoke. L- literal smoke. Yeah, like smoky. Yeah, yeah. That's a, a flavor I've recently learned that like uh, Hispanics and specifically Mexicans at least like. Oh yeah, yeah. You've been digging into. That really, yeah, so tell me, you when I'm you were saying that you've been eating a lot of chicharrones? Yeah, so on Tuesday, uh, I was in LA. We were um had the pleasure of touring around LA with a guy named Bill Garza. Uh Bill is a 
writer, cultural critic. He just won the James Beard Award for food writing. Okay. He writes for the LA Times. He's like a Hispanic expert. Really? Second generation Mexican. Um, he was born here. Okay. But his father, you know, was like a first generation immigrant. So he's grown up in like the Mexican community in LA. Uh, so we had the pleasure of him touring us around and we went to amazing bakeries and had like panderias, had amazing baked goods. We went to, uh, he knew this place where they make, um, we had two drinks. One was a, uh, drink from a fermented pineapple rind with fresh pineapple in it. So the only place outside of like the southern state of Mexico where they make this is like this one place in LA you can get, get this. Get the fuck out of like here. This guy knew the only place to experience this drink outside of like southern Mexico. You shitting me? What's so, it like? Uh, it was crazy. It was kind of like kombucha. You know, it's like because it's fermented. It's the fermented, yeah. Um, and we had another drink that was like, you know, fermented apricots with um, peanuts, like thrown right in to the drink and some other stuff. That's a That's, thing, yeah. I've so seen like that. Lay, layering of flavors in. Have you ever had a uh, toasty loco? Do you know what that is? Is it something with Coca Lopez? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's a big bag of stuff with like uh, pickled uh, pork rind. No, um, I've never fruit. heard it. Get the fuck. Uh, chamoy. Do you know what chamoy is? No. Chamoy is this thing that's like basically, it's almost like Sriracha, but it's way more popular than Sriracha in the Hispanic community. It's um, made supposed to be made from dried apricot with chili and uh, some other... It's basically like an excuse to pour chili all over, all over everything, but it's really? like a red sauce. Or like a red paste. And uh, it's supposed to be made from a fruit base. Like almost everything, you know, is either fruit or dairy based in like the Hispanic world. So, yeah. Um, so, chamoy is supposed to be made from a fruit base, but now it's just kind of been industrialized and it's made with like red dye number 11 and a bunch of chili, basically. Okay. But there's like, you can get a massive, similar to Sri Rasha, you get a massive bottle of it and they just pour it all over everything these days. So, so what, what do you call this? Toasty Loco. Toasty so it's like Loco. Crazy, crispy, cool, hot sauce. It's just like, imagine like the largest walking taco you've ever seen, but it's like super authentic and there's no, besides like pork rinds, there's like no meat in it. Really? It's just got all sorts of stuff layered into it. A pickled pork rind. Pickled pork rind. But that's just one of the ingredients. There's like seven ingredients in this thing. How's that slime factor? A pickled pork rind? Yes. It kind of has like the, it tastes like... Uh, a chicharron, but it's got the consistency of a um, calamari, unbreaded calamari. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, eef. yeah, that's that's something. It's a little crazy. That's something. Uh, by far, like one of the coolest, most eye-opening things of the day was we went to a um, a paleta uh, place. There's this place called Mateo's Ice Cream and Paletas uh, in L.A. I cannot highly recommend this place enough. It was like a life-changing. Like, if you've had things like those fruit bars that you get, like, oh, frozen aisle, God. and you have one of these things, it's, like, completely different kind of food. Yeah. Like this place, Mateo's, they're all handmade. There's not a drop of water in these things. It's all, 
like I had a mango, a mango and chili one that was like one of the most delicious things across any food category I've ever had. Whoa. You know, this mango and chili bar. It's like two bucks. You know, they're, they're, they're all lined up in this case. There's tons of different kinds. Um, I <clears throat> had this mango and chili, like the fibers of the mango, like we're in the bar. Like that's how real this is. It's like you're, it's, the whole thing is just like solid chunks of mango, Fuck. some mango juice and chili. You know, it's like the mango juice is what they're using to like make the, make it freeze. Make it into like a and pop. Make it into a pop instead of like a bunch of water, which is what. We all eat like with sugar in it. Some sugar, some water, yeah. and it's like for the Hispanic community, like they're not so huge on like stuff isn't so much sweet as it is like a little sweet, but mostly salty or sour. Yeah. Or it uses dairy or uses fruit. So this thing it's like these are so fruit forward and the flavor is so intense, which is why it would take someone who comes from that tradition and school of flavor where everything starts with a real ingredient. Whether it's milk or whether it's fruit, okay, and sugar is like an afterthought as opposed to the point where it's like indulgence in American culture. Like it starts with sugar, right? Like sugar is the predominant taste. Interesting, um, very. So it's interesting. just a completely different palette and different way of looking at the world. It was really interesting to immerse ourselves in these like crazy markets. Like we went to this place uh, called the Mercadito. It's just this three floor market. <laughs> We're part of we're part all of LA. Crazy souls. Um, this was this was really close to down. Is this close to downtown? We went to the Pinata District too. Okay, which was like these massive candy stores. That was close to downtown. I want to say that it wasn't in Boyle Heights. So part of the problem was we were just in a van getting just getting around, rolled. Which you don't know like, where the fuck you were. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, but uh, this place, if you look up the Mercadito in LA, Mercadito. Yeah. It's uh, three floors, restaurants on the top floor, shops, you know, it's everything from like, you you know, you're getting the like agua frescas and they have uh-huh. these things called Diablitos, which is like layered chili and fruit and all this kind of stuff. And they, they did my favorite thing outside. We had a, so in Mexico, when you eat fresh fruit, you never eat just the fresh fruit. You chop up the fresh fruit and we had watermelon pineapple and cucumber this way oh. and what they do is they they sprinkle they have a special kind of ground chili that they reserve just for fruit and lime they squeeze lime over it and salt and it's the most delicious way to eat fruit ever once you do it there's like no going back pineapple the pineapple and the watermelon like i'd had the pineapple in mexico this way and it was the first time i'd had it and it was totally eye-opening and world-changing um the Watermelon is good. I was shocked at how delicious the cucumber was this way. Big round slices of cucumber. Just eating this really? cucumber with it. It was like it transformed the cucumber into this really uh I mean cucumber's already refreshing, but it tastes sort of like green and vegetable. Yes. Like it, it tastes like a vegetable. But and, eating it with fruit. But when you eat it that way, it all of a sudden it was like more like it took on more of the properties of that you think of like a watermelon. Like it was really cool and refreshing as opposed to being like bright and green and vegetable. Wow. Like, so that is, yeah, because you can see how a cucumber, like it sounds like you're like tasting it for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, the other thing that you would have loved is up on the third floor, we walked in right towards the front. 
there was this massive case. I mean, think of like a 500-gallon fish tank. Like that's the size of this thing. Full of chicharron. Oh. And some of them. Obviously. So obviously, like there's no denying it. You know, like even in your Western mind when you want to shut this out, the full pig snout. What? As a chicharron. Wow. The whole snout intact. Holy shit. That is some serious. Wow. Serious business. I love a chicharron, but the only way I can eat it is if I don't think about it. Like, I got. There's no not thinking about this thing. (laughs) You're like, the snout's staring you in the face. Like, you could put a rubber band around this thing and put it on your nose as, like, a costume. And everyone would be like, oh, look at the pig nose. You know? So, but I have to say, this whole day, I mean, every place we went was really amazing. Mateo's, for me, personally, was the highlight. It was the place where I was like, I'd like to take all my friends here. I'd like to take my daughters and my wife. And, like, yeah. oh, before I forget, the most delicious, and I didn't know to get this because I was just like, give me the mango and chili one. Like, I just went for the one that obviously I thought I would like. And it was delicious. I don't have any regrets. The best one, though, that Bill Garza, our, our tour guide and sort of mentor through this day, got was a burnt milk. Burnt milk. It was like sm- they smoked milk and then turned into this thing. It was unbelievably delicious. Super rich, super amazing. So imagine like this really rich, probably using like sweetened condensed milk with evaporated milk, almost like a dulce de leche, or not a dulce de leche, like a tres leches. A tres leches, yeah. In a bar with this smoky flavor that Whoa. just gives it this depth. Oh my God. Wow. It was unreal how good it was. So for anyone who lives in LA, go to Mateo's. Get yourself the smoked milk bar. Wow. So good. Oh, that's a killer tip. I'm gonna I'm digging that up next time I'm in town for sure. Yeah. It is well worth it. Fuck. Um Well, Jesus, tell me, have you been getting any um you getting any reading in while you're on the plane? Yeah, I mean I've been are you reading comics, I bet. I've mostly been reading comics. You have, okay. Yeah. What, yeah. I, I read through the whole Miss Marvel series, which I can't recommend highly enough. So I don't know if you know about the Miss Marvel reboot. I don't know. So Miss Marvel, um, they kind of uh rebooted the Miss Marvel series and so what the deal is, it's written by a Muslim woman and it's about the Miss Marvel is a teenage Muslim girl in New Jersey. Killer. Really? Yeah. And it's drawn really excellent. Um, like I'm in another year or two, I'm going to read it with the girls because it's like oh wow, clean enough that like you can read it with like a ten year old or something right. like that. Like in the back in the letters, they have school kids like girls writing in and at, like letters to Miss Marvel and stuff like really? that. So oh yeah, um, it's really well drawn. It has like a really cool sort of more modern sort of young style to it. Which kind of sort of fits with the subject matter. Right. Um, it's really well written, really well done, really well drawn. I can't recommend it highly enough. There's like 21 issues. And then here's the thing. It's like I'm going to pitch the that Marvel Unlimited app again. Because if you bought all the single issues, that's the price of the Marvel Unlimited app for the year right there. So if you just read all the Miss Marvel issues, like you've gotten your value. You and then made your money back. Just like profit. Right, massively profit. Yes, you know across all the Marvel titles. So, yeah, I, yeah. I was wondering. I, I kind of figured that's where you were at because last time we talked, you were just 
hot on the Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. While we're on the sub- on the read subject, I have to say something, and this is this is a an, a surprising pick for me because you know usually I, I'm all about the books, the Kindle, yep. all that stuff. Something I've really been enjoying reading and like those moments in between the moments, you know, when you just have your phone and normally like you're wasting oh. away your life on Facebook or whatever. Do tell. Uh, Quora. Do you ever do Quora? You, do you fuck I, with Quora at all? I do not fuck with Quora that much, <laughs> but it's shown. It it crossed my path like at one point, but I forget. T- tell me about it because I, I remember I've heard of it and I thought I looked at it before, but I don't remember. So here's the thing about Quora is like on the surface, it's like just one of those question and answer platforms. But the thing that's amazing about it is the depth of expertise of the people responding and expertise in like unbelievably obscure areas. So, and the thing is they email you, this is the thing that always sucks me in. And then I end up reading like 10 or 11 different questions or different responses from people. Um, like people ask, what is it like to be a psychopath? And the people who are responding are psychopaths. Oh, and they're like breaking it down. Like, and then people, people are asking like in depth questions about like, do psychopaths like feel this way or this way about this? And it's like these people who are actually like have been, you know, identified by professionals as psychopaths are answering the questions. There was a question today that got emailed to me that was like, how do you, how do you take out a sniper in the battlefield? And you have all these people that are like snipers or like, you know, Navy SEALs and all these different people. Granted, there are a lot of people who claim to be Navy SEALs that totally aren't. One of the other fascinating questions I read the other day is like, why do people pretend to be Navy SEALs? Uh, which was fascinating. But there are people who were like, I trained as a sniper for two years in this. There are people who are just in the military. And the thing is, it weeds out all the like kind of chump answers. And it, because all, all the, the best answers get upvoted and validated or commented on. So like you're generally, when you get to an interesting question, you're reading like the top two to three answers. And they're from these people. These people have listed out their credentials and all this different stuff. It's like professors and doctors and different people Seriously? that are answering. And it's like a wormhole of just really fascinating, interesting shit. So what does it look like? Does it look like Reddit? No, it's much more polished than that. It, okay. Uh, all right. It looks more like it's even more po- more polished than like Yahoo Answers or whatever. Really? Okay. Yeah. Then I have not – I do not know about Cora. I know that I've heard of it and – and I've heard people refer to it before. There's, a, there's an iPhone app. There's like an, a, an actual iOS app. So this is, you've been rolling on this thing. Um, yeah, I roll on the app. It's more, the thing that always prompts me and gets me into it is I get these, I get two or three times a day that it emails like, it emails you the question. It's like, and the first part of the response. So it sucks. It, they're genius that way because it sucks you in because you're uh. like, oh, I want to read the rest of this. And then you get sucked in and you go down the wormhole of like, because when you see that, it's like, here's 10 other questions on this subject that were asked. There's, I mean, there's just really fascinating shit too. Like, what's it like to be fired at Google? Huh. Yeah. You know? And then there's a whole bunch of people like, well, when I was fired at Google and they like relate their actual, people write really long answers too. Oh, I'm It's sure. amazing the effort and the amount of time that people take to respond to some of these questions. And I was actually going to do a, a, like want to do a segment for this and maybe I'll still do it. It's like the five most interesting questions 
that I read on Quora this week. Oh, that sounds yeah, that sounds fun. So yeah, maybe so, I'll did, dig are you in and do me that two to three times a day. Email. I get emails two to three times a day, and it doesn't. And bug it doesn't me. bother sometimes, you. Sometimes I skip them. Sure, you know, of course, but if it's not that interesting, let me. Um, uh, you tell me what have you been reading, and then I'll look up some okay, cool Quora questions real quick here. So I um was in Montreal um a couple weeks ago and Montreal for comic fans you know that it's the home of Drawn and Quarterly right. um which has always been my favorite um comic house it's I've always loved it so I was super psyched to go there so I went to the Drawn and Quarterly store freaked out in there um and picked up two of my uh, favorites um, that I haven't read in so long, and they both have new books out. Um, the new Daniel Klaus um, oh, yeah. graphic novel, Patience, and the new Adrian Tomine graphic novel, Killing and Dying. And um, I just, you know, I mean, as you do with graphic novels, you just fucking burn through that. You like slow down, enjoy the frame look at the art and then you just like you can't fucking help it you're just burning through the you know the fucking story but um for any fans of daniel Klaus, i'll tell you that patience is um i would put it up there with i'd put it up there with pretty much anything that he's done um like you know, it's it has the otherworldliness of Velvet Glove cast in iron. Hmm. Um, it doesn't get anywhere. Like, I, I think he's a genius. Like, I think he's, you know, Ghost World I th- was amazing for me. Like, I loved that. Um, and I feel like that was 100 years ago. Like, you know, but it still feels like, like, when I, when I look at Ghost World, I still feel like I'm that age. And I still feel like I'm kind of like contemporaries of those girls and stuff like yep. it has that way of just bringing you back but patience is amazing i'm not going to get into it too i won't talk talk about it too much but um check it out for sure if you're a daniel klaus fan and also i, I will say about the book itself um it's so well crafted so i i rarely buy books anymore you actually got me on like you talked to me into like the Kindle, and that's where I read books now, uh, for the most part. And unless I can't find it on a Kindle, but um, this is fucking amazing. In, in a graphic novel, you still can't, uh, you know, you can't read it on a Kindle. You need to have it, and it's so well done. Like the book is so well crafted and so well, like it's such a great book. It's the colors are so bright and saturated. It's so well printed, and uh, the Adrian Toma name. Killing and Dying is um, a collection of probably like Patience is one graphic novel story. Um, the Tomine, uh novel is um, probably five different short um, short stories, and they're killer. They're very they're very kind of classic Adrian Tomine, um style, like quirky. Drops you in the middle of something that's unfolding uncomfortable ends on an ends uncomfortable. Like it's a very classic stuff of his. So if you're a fan, like 
check it out. You'll love it. And another super cool book. Like, it's a really nice book to hold and read. I, I fucking loved it. And it got me back. I was just started digging up graphic novels, so I'm, like, back hmm. reading a bunch of ones that have kind of stacked up and I never read. So it's kind of gotten spurred me back into the graphic novel scene a little bit here. So it's been fun. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So speaking of graphic novels, are you going to go see the Civil War? Yeah, man. Um, I, I definitely will go see it. Um, the reviews are terrible, but oh, really? I don't give a I shit. I thought it was getting pretty decent reviews, especially compared to that atrocity that was Batman versus Superman. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I shouldn't, I, you know, to be perfectly honest, like I've been for the last week and a half, I've kind of been shut off to news other than kind of headlines um right. in at least in the arts world so um what what i did see was um oh it was it, it i forget what the i read a little bit of, of a review and it was talking about how you know there's a line drawn politically down the middle of the team and people are going to the blue yep. and people are going to the gray and i forget I, to be honest i don't remember why i I think it was shitty. I thought I read something in there, but I could I, I could be wrong. And to be honest with you, I don't give a shit. I'm going to go see it anyway. Right. So yeah, I'm going to go see it tomorrow in honor of my 43rd birthday. So fucking a, that's right. Yep. Is it tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow's the big day. Yeah. Happy birthday, man. Thanks. Happy birthday. Yeah, mine was the beginning of the week. Oh right, we, that's right. May two. May two. Nice. Yep. Hey, babies are the best. That's right. All right. So uh, I dug through my Quora. There's like a ton just searching in my email. Seriously? Of, like, really fascinating questions. Here, Here's one. Um, this guy's answer is unbelievably long. So, and it's got 300, over 300,000 views on this answer. Get the fuck. Um, and this question, oh, this guy has answered 150, over 150 questions on Quora. What is it? What is a real psychopath like in real life? And I mean in real, every day-to-day life, not Jeffrey Dahmer, Jack the Ripper murderers who are romanticized and villainized. So I'm going to skip to the middle of this guy's answer because he's, it's really unbelievably long. This guy must have written 10,000 words to, in this Good response God. to this answer. In day-to-day life, we are typically lone wolves, preferring to keep to ourselves when there is nothing to be gained by interacting with people. Interacting with people is needed, though, so when we do, we tend to appear pretty ordinary in many respects. We don't care for morals or societal standards that others have, but they are part of life, so we tend to avoid fighting a battle there that we are not going to have much luck with. Emotionally, we know from experience that others don't understand and react well when we don't show socially appropriate expressions and words, so we tend to do this to avoid the bad reactions and add to our success. We don't have any internal moral conflicts and few emotional attachments about what we say, so when we do speak to people, we tend to mix free-flowing nature with that which will bring about good reactions. Our famous, too often are famous, too often misrepresented, and is then infamous ability to be glib and charming. When considering a situation, if any emotions are provoked, they don't affect us much at all, and they pass so quickly. Thus, our perception and decisions are mostly based on our considered intellectual response. While primary psychopaths have an inbuilt immunity to most social conditioning, like the learning of societal morals, we do understand them, and like everyone else, we are subject subject to the consequences of our actions, so we tend to fall in line with any rules that could be equal, undesirable consequences, unless, of course, we decide the reward is worth the risk. 
So, I mean, Jesus. Like I just read, look, look how long this answer is. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah, so it... That's nuts. Like, that's... It, it's actually kind of creepy because he's talking about, like, the way that, like, they continue to keep the veil kind of... And that's... <clears throat> Entirely consistent with there was this amazing piece about um, children, young children who were psychopaths uh, that this woman wrote for the New York Times, and a really, really long piece, um, pages and pages. And um, I read the whole thing because it was absolutely fascinating. And, and what he's saying is entirely consistent with what this woman observed. Is that right? Yeah. Really? That like uh, she was observing a whole classroom, and then she actually followed a few of the kids home in their daily lives. And this whole classroom of kids would like um, had this fluid social dynamics of none of them really cared about any of the other ones or they're, they're entirely self-motivated. But they would sense these moments to gang up on the teacher and they would all form this like really quick dynamic alliance, gang up on the teacher. And then the alliance would like fizzle, you know, a minute later and they would all go back to being like really? completely self-interested and self-motivated. But yeah, even from like a very young age they they learn to what is the expected response and what is the societal norm in any situation and they just learn to act. Like none of those things come naturally to them. They are completely right. devoid of all of that empathy, no empathy whatsoever for anyone. Right, including their parents and the people who love them and take care of them. Yeah. It's it, it's um, it's an amazing like, it's an amazing, like, meant is it a disorder? It's a disorder? Yeah, I would guess so. Fucking, Jesus, something. Uh, so crazy. So, some of the wiring didn't take. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, knows, like, but. if you don't have empathy, like, that's, like, a thing that even, like, other species have. Right. You know? So, like, if you don't have it as a human. Holy shit. Well, Cora, man, I'm going to check it out. Um, You know, as you, um, let's move on to another like like watch or something here sure. but i do want to say like as you, you you mentioned new york times that's one other thing like i remember like our end of the year thing listing favorites and i i brought up the new york times and i still i gotta say like i don't know what they've their content so they i have their their iphone app um and i I probably I turn that on and refresh it probably five or six times a day. Wow! And there, the app is fucking amazing. I'd recommend it to anybody because it's not like it's not it's not the front page of the paper. It's um, it's a much more varied list of reading. So it'll go from like like a super long twenty minute read about. You know the the newly born American fight to make prostitution legal. Hmm. Then it'll dig in. Then it'll go to like you know Paul Ryan's latest thing or whatever. You know the normal kind of Trump thing. But then it'll dig back into like uh, you know an expose on you know on Mexico City and like a travel piece or something. Huh. Like it's so good. Like the writers at the New York Times are like. I, I, it sounds probably beat to say that, but like, it's so fucking good. The amount of content is just shocking. The video content that's coming yeah. out of them, the audio content, the graphic, like it, it's 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 unlike any other paper in the world. Can I um, can I steal this segue? 
Yeah, dude. I mean, this is a transition to watch, but do you know about these verbatim documentaries that the New York Times puts out? Speaking of the New York Times? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen the Follow the Chicken one? I have not, I don't think. No, no, no. Oh, my God. This is the most genius thing. I I think I got referred to this on a blog a long time ago, stumbled across it. So what it is is they took – there was a court case where this guy who was a chicken farmer, a lumber company, um, had purchased rights to log on his land. But he evidently didn't read the disclosures in the lumber company. So what happened is they ended up wrecking some of his pasture and I think maybe even – like harming like a barn or some sort of building. So he sued this lumber company for $300,000. And so what they did is the New York times took this verbatim word for word, um, transcript of this guy giving testimony in court and they turn it into a video with actors. And it is un fucking believable. So I'm just, I'm just going to play part of this real quick. Everyone um, should go watch this. Follow the chicken verbatim. New York Times documentary. <laughs> Sorry, one second. Fucking ads. Okay, here we go. So in the setup, it basically says in text what I said. You have to... Um... So it's called Follow the Chicken. The acting in it is brilliant, too. These verbatim things are so good. It says, in 2002, a Mississippi man sued a lumber company for destroying his property, including a chicken pasture, and requested $300,000 in damages. (laughs) Fine scenes are from the plaintiff's deposition. Every word is presented verbatim. Tell me about your poultry business. How long have you been in the poultry business? 30 years. What kind of items do you raise? I raise red wing piles and black straight comb bakiva chickens that come out of Ireland. I have two breeds of chicken. They haven't been listed with the National Poultry Program as complete breeds of chickens, but the world recognizes them. They're sterling blacks and sterling piles. Pile? P-I-L-E? Yes, sir. Pile means white. Do you have a, a separate business that you've incorporated where you conduct this business, or is this something you do just in your own name? Sir? <laughs> I had a vision back when I was a child that nobody else in this world could recognize but myself. I know where Osama bin Laden is today. (laughs) I know the cure for SARS today. I know many, many things of this world that other people don't recognize, don't understand, and don't know. Simply because I follow the chicken. No. <laughs> that sounds stupid. Sounds unrealistic to... You think it's childish. But the national bird is the eagle. But the international bird is the chicken. The chicken will carry you down the darkest alleys of the world safely. <laughs> the eagle will take you down that road by yourself to get you killed. <laughs> Chicken will take you down there and sleep you in the attics of Muslims. It'll sleep you in the hotels of kings and in the palaces of kings and queens. I live with the mayor of Djibouti. I live with the daughter of the advisor of the president of the Philippines. I've been to Guadalajara. I've been, if I sat here, I'd hate to make him have to write all the places I've been for the chickens. 
This is an actual transcript. Yeah. I didn't get none of that. I got that part. I'll stop there. There's another five minutes of it, and it gets even better. So I'm just going to say, everyone, this verbatim series. So there's another one. They've done a few of them. There's one about um, the Ferguson shooting case. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That one is so good. It's yeah. very different. Like, this one is very, like, I mean, even the acting is the acting is so great. Like, you have to see it because there's lots of, like, yeah, facial looks. reactions and looks and stuff between the guys in the court. <laughs> So, so genius. But I've been anyways. around the world five times on the back of a chicken. <laughs> so, verbatim is the name of the documentary series. Yeah. Same thing. They just take different court cases or different things and they, like, word for word, read it out. The one that's, um, the Ferguson one is really interesting because they have the person yeah. who is the cop who shot this unarmed man in Ferguson. Yep. And then they have his friend who was actually with him, like the only other person who was a true eyewitness. Like there's lots of conflicting eyewitness testimony that came out. but And they alternate back and forth beat for beat in the moment of what's happening, like in this really interesting way. So it's like yeah. an intercut of both sides of the story chronologically moving through together. Yeah. And it's really well done. And it's, it's once again, yeah, word for word acted and incredibly well acted. It's fucking riveting. Yeah. That thing is really good. So if you haven't checked them out, go to YouTube, check out these New York Times verbatim uh, videos. They're amazing. They're killer. Good. Yeah. Good call. I'm going to pop open um bottle here. Pass me that bottle. Opener. Um, here you go. So I got, um, is, and I don't think. We've really talked about it at all on the podcast, but um, we, Eric and I, have a shared, like, it's not even affinity, but it's an obsession with um, mineral water. So you're you're going for the smoky right there. The smoke That's the smoky hot sauce. Yeah. That's my current leader. That's my favorite. I love that one. Mm-hmm. Isn't that good? I love that one. Um, Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is in, you know, as we continue through our Mexican-American little trip to the Mercado, um, this is up there with my, one of my top, this is top, top five favorite mineral waters for me um, is Topo Chico. mm that's, that's, Which that's bold talk. I, it top is top five is bold, dude. This, I'm telling you, it's top five. It's um, here's the thing with Topo Chico. For one, like anybody that's like, all right, dude, you're buying imported water that comes from fucking Mexico. Like, <laughs> I, do you need a checkup from the neck up? It's supposed to come from France. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like or Italy. Like nobody. You don't drink the water in Mexico. You let alone fucking import it and drink it here. Right. Um. But Topo Chico is oh, that's from Monterey. Fucking killer. Yeah. All right. So yeah, yeah fancy Mexico. Um. Topo Chico. 
what I will say about it to describe. And I think at some point we are going to have to do like just mineral water at some point. Yeah. Or maybe we just pepper them in like we do with, with whiskey. Let's do that. I don't know. We might want to go head to head because. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. I'm thinking. We may bore the fuck out of some motherfuckers. <laughs> like the, the most pretentious episode ever. Dude, seriously. I don't know. I know a lot of people that are equally as into mineral water as we are. So but. Topo Chico, this is, my, it, tell me, tell me what you think of my assessment. And um, Topo Chico is strong in the mouth, like st- hard bubbles, big bubbles, as opposed to the smaller bubbles that yeah. you get in a, in a San Pellegrino. This is more of a Perrier-sized bubble. It's a big bubble, but what you lose, uh, you lose the um, carbonation fast in the Topo Chico. Hmm. So you need to drink it pretty quickly. We have now what we're drinking is the the twelve ounce glass bottle, which is so fucking killer because it's still it's like one of the la- a few bottles that they they still actually print on the bottle. Yeah. So it's not a label. The label's killer. It, I, the label I is love the logo. so good. The logo's fucking killer. It's got that slightly like blue tinted and in the glass green is, tinted glass. Yep. Like the old school soda bottles, like a squirt bottle or something. If when I make it. This is don't even step to me with anything but a fucking bottle of this bottle. This is if I could, if I had my way, this is all I would have in my hand all day long. Is one of these. The bottle's perfect. The it, when it's cold, it's the best fucking thing in the world. Do you think this is better than the what's the Whole Foods one? We always get the something Mountain Green Mountain. Oh, well, yeah, no, it's not better than that. It's, it's, um, it's, um, it's, that's, that's my, that's one of my favorites. Um, that, 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 um, that Green Mountain one. Yeah. That is fucking that's pretty what, expensive. It is pretty expensive. It's like $2.80 for a liter. What um, is a, what is a bottle of this Topo Chico run you? So this glass bottle is 99 cents. Um, so it's basically this sits next to Haritos. It sits next to right. Fanta. It have you tried the Haritos uh, water? By the way, you know they have a mineral water. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's it's not that good to okay. be honest with you. It's um, it's basically it, it, and I can't tell if it's because the bottle is blue and white, and that's why I think it's club soda. But it just reminds me of club soda, which mm. is not mineral water. Right. Just to be clear. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Here we go with the fucking. Oh, Mister Fucking Bubbly Water <laughs> Club Soda and the mineral drawing distinctions, right? But um. Yeah, the Topo Chico man, I fucking love it. It's good, isn't it good? There's no doubt about it. It's good. I don't know if I put it in my top five. Listen, it, it's a, it's an oddball. I know. Yeah. Like it's an it's odd good ball. though. I mean, yeah. the glass bottle and everything. It, it feels like there's something. Including like the large bubble thing that you're talking about, it feels old school, you know. It's like classic right. in a way that like yeah, Lacroix and all that shit just feels like a that's little fussy day-to-day. and new. That's your day, yeah, yeah. That's I say it's day to day because at work we right. like I crush probably I crush probably I'll do a dozen at work yeah during I'll, the workday and then I'll come home and drink four or five more. I crush I crush eight to ten. L.A. Crocs a day. Yeah. 
The L.A. Crux. I I got that from Mike Rook. <laughs> really? <laughs> he calls the LaCroix. So it, for anybody outside of the area, um, the the St. Croix River is um, one of the tributaries that is up here in Minnesota that starts the Mississippi. And and they this, this water comes from up there somewhere, so they... Instead of St. Croix, they say LaCroix, and he calls it L.A. Crocs, and it's it's a fucking stupid, it's a stupid fucking joke, and I'm still talking about it, but I think it's fucking hysterical. L.A. Crocs. But yeah, I crush those bitches all day. That's so what do you think of that? So, uh, yeah. The so, Chipotle Cholula? Chilu- the Chipotle Cholula. Let me try that, fucker. Because Cholula, good. I could give a rat's ass about Cholula. Really? Could give. I know, oh, dude, I know. I love the, the like, vinegary. On eggs? It's I, not I think, vinegary, though. I, think I don't think. I think there's nothing it's better thick. than Cholula on eggs. Cholula on eggs is like the best thing ever. Dude, I can't. I don't like Cholula. What do you think about this Tapatio? I don't like Tapatio. Really? Nope. Shit. Do not like it. Damn, son. I know, man. And, and I'm going against like... That's the most popular hot sauce in the world right there. No question. Like, every... Every... Every um, fucking taqueria you go in has Tapatio and Cholula. This is your this is your Portuguese DNA right here. It might be, it might be, yeah. But that that Tapatio, it, there's too much filler or something in it. I don't know. I think it's like I, we're seeing like you you go for a little bit more of the saucier, yeah, and I go more for like the heat a little bit. Right. True. You know, hey man. <laughs> Takes all fucking kinds, right? I wouldn't deny that. What um, what uh, what do you, have you watched anything since the last time I saw you? Yeah. Oh man, just yesterday, hot off the fucking presses. Oh, I discovered. Um, I read these novels. Um, I actually didn't read the whole series. I stopped halfway through the second book, not because it wasn't good. I just got distracted by something else. There's a series. Um, the first one is called The Magician. Second one is called Magicians. It's written by this guy Lev Grossman. Magician. Yep. All right. Uh, they turned it into a series, and it is fucking killer. So good. I think it's almost better as a series than it was as books. I mean, they were good books, but they're taking Whoa. they're taking some pretty serious liberties. Where are you, where are you watching this? Um, well, yesterday I watched it on the plane, but um, I think it, I want to say it's on maybe Sundance. Okay, because that's where we got our um, our Happen Leonard people. Yeah, which is also it's on the Sci Fi Channel, evidently. What, dude? How can we? How the fuck are we ever going to keep up? Yeah, like I mean, how can the Sci Fi Channel have something good? Well, but they do. They right? also have the Expanse, which is really good. So that's two for them. Anyways, so this magicians. It's about uh, this world where there's an actual school of magic in upstate New York, but it's not like this it couldn't be farther from Harry Potter. It's um, it's this world where um, th- this there's this, the main characters grew up reading something that's very obviously the Chronicles of Narnia, but it's called okay. um, it's called something else. But it's so obviously the Chronicles of Narnia. It's okay. about these these kids, this brother. Uh, 
uh, this twin brother and sister with their older brother, and they enter into this other realm through a clock. And he's obsessed with these books and, like, doesn't quite fit into society and then figures out, like, the reason why he doesn't fit in is because he has this, like, dormant magic, innate ability to do magic. So as he's going to go to grad school at Yale, he's diverted to take this exam to get into this school, graduate school for magicians, like learning to do real magic. It sounds all like fruity tooty up as my description of at this point, like all like fucking swords and unicorns and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is not like that at all. Okay. It's super dark. Oh. And it's like has a really edgy sense of humor. Like it kind of reminds me of like the best early kind of Joss Whedon. Uh, oh. Like a really edgy sense of humor. Um the guy who's like the sort of evil antagonist in it is like really dark and messed up. Like in the first scene that we see him, he's like crushing people's heads and he plucks another guy's eyeballs out. Oh, and killer. And it's like, it's, it's this mix of like that Joss Whedon-esque, like really sharp biting humor with like young 20 somethings you know partying and like so it kind of reminds me of like wow buffy the vampire slayer i, I was just gonna say meets like, yeah. like a really dark horror movie or something like it almost has more like this is this weird it has this weird thing where it has one foot in horror and one foot in fantasy cool so it's this really really good, weird yeah. hybrid slash sci-fi sort of thing and the way that they visually represent the magic is fucking stunning Seriously, and amazing! Yeah, oh, it's so good. Whoa! Like today, I was telling Christian, it feels like a, a mashup of like uh, Mr. Robot and Doctor Who, or something like that. It's like it's wow. this weird, undefined thing that's probably. I don't think it's struggling to find an audience because, like, I read about it on the blogs, and people have been talking about it for a while, and I just kind of not avoided it because I thought it sounded bad, but because there's so just so much other stuff going on. Right, right, of course. So. Um, magician the magicians the the magicians yep okay check it out sci-fi sci-fi killer will do um which like a bunch of idiots they spell it s-y-f-y by the way hey yeah they They changed the fucking spelling of it that was a huge mistake sake people siffy (laughs) (laughs) what have i been watching um Let's see. Watching baseball, which that feels good. Nice to have baseball back. Um, what are the. Are your hopes high for the Sox? They are, yeah. Which is common for, for May, beginning of May. <laughs> like, they always are, beginning of People May. People are saying, I, I heard, overheard conversation that the Cubs were going to just, like, melt faces this Dude, year. Dude, the Cubbies are, they're, like, right now, like, running baseball. They're. Yeah, the Donald of baseball right now. They're just like fucking, I don't know anything about baseball, but I just happened to overhear a conversation at dinner when we were in, in LA eating Mexican food. Dude, the Cubs are like, I mean, it, it. Everyone is so terrified to like get behind them and be. It, it, the, the trepidation is like as deep as it can get. Like you're not, nobody's getting excited yet for anybody because it's early. You're just, but the, the shit that the Cubs are doing right now is fucking insane. Yeah, they're slaying. It's great. But it's just nice to be fucking watching baseball. And also, like, dude, how about fucking... We hit... For, so, for the record, today is um, 
Today is May 6th, and it was 93 degrees at 4.30 today. Jesus. Was it that hot? I thought it was like, I knew it was supposed to get into the high 80s. I didn't know it actually peaked into the 90s. 93. So, I I bet you, you, you that has never happened on your birthday before. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it snowed. It's fucking snowed on your birthday. Yeah. And... It's going to be – tomorrow won't be quite 93, but the day before your birthday was fucking 93 degrees. So yeah. fucking write the Donald. Write the yeah. Trump and tell him that you're concerned about – because he's going to be running shit soon. So Did you, by the way, see the um, – I actually find Jimmy Kimmel to be kind of a douche because most of us humor revolves around like making fun of other people. I don't like him. I do not like him. I've never liked him. I will say he did this like 10-minute piece on his show the other day, and I only watched it as, as like a reposted YouTube clip on climate change and the whole like denial of climate change. And it was fucking brilliant because, you know, Sarah Palin is going around right now promoting a documentary about how climate change is like a big hoax. Yes. Per- perpetuated by the liberal. And his whole thing like that he starts off is like, this isn't actually... It has nothing to do with politics. Like, this is about science. And 97% of scientists agree. And it's not like, it's not a liberal conspiracy. And he just, like, really smartly articulates. He, he goes on this, like, rant for about five minutes. And then he plays this video of scientists that they put together talking about it. And it's really well done. I don't know if it's going to make a dent, you know, in anyone of, who is right. a fucking idiot enough to think that there isn't an issue. Right. But, um, which I have actually met people that I thought were rational, intelligent people in real life that were like, nope, climate change has nothing to do with human beings. Dude. This is like conversation, this conversation and every other conversation it, yeah. with you is over. Done. Yeah. Right. So on that note, let me ask you this. Are you, do you have any friends that. No. I don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any friends that could potentially, as things get whittled down here? No. You don't? No. Okay. I know where you're going with this. Okay. No, I don't have a, I don't know a single fucking person that I'm friends with who would vote for Trump. Okay. You, 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 don't, know, you, you don't know a single person that would vote for Trump. Is, what, is, that, is that what you just said? I don't know a single person that I'm friends with. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I'm trying to. Because on over the last like as as his and I do I do not want to fucking get into politics now. But like as his messaging starts to even out, it, it, you know, while he's like clinching, here, get in. I don't, what do you got? Over oh, actually, here. Sorry. And actually, you know what? Fuck Trump. Let's let's talk about this hot <laughs> sauce right here. This green one. I want you to try this one. Yeah. <clears throat> this is. Um, that black one was interesting. I love that black one. This one though, this green one, El Yucateco. Yeah. Green. This is this is the This truth. is every day at my house. We go through so they have this size bottle and then they have a a larger size which is about twice the size and we go through at least one a month. That's the hot sauce of Emerson Avenue. We all eat it. That's good. It's nice, right? I like that. Yeah. It's a good one. We had a... We went to a place... Sorry to dr- dive back into I'm my d- fucking Mexican immersion, but... No, I love I love it. I love it. We went to a place that was... All they made was mole. 
And I don't know if you know this, but like not all mole is made is like that chocolate esque sauce. I do know. There's that. like tons of different kinds of mole. We had a yep. a verde mole that was made out of like seed, pumpkin seeds or some sort of seeds, and oh my god, it was life changing. How the fuck am I not on these fucking trips? <laughs> this is the second one I've missed, and I know it's not by design, but it's yeah. just like how it happens. God, so killer. Pumpkin seed, and because pumpkin seeds are uh, and like uh, habanero, habanero, like chipotles and habaneros, or um, it was unreal. A pumpkin, pumpkin seeds are a, a very well um, squash, you know, squashes of all kinds, including a pumpkin, and pumpkin seeds in particular are pervasive in in Mexican cuisine. Right. Um, so I'm not surprised to hear that. And mole, like. I mean, just go check out Rick Bayless. I mean, yeah. say what you will about that fucking, that, that wedo. Like he's, <laughs> that motherfucker knows his shit and it's his, true. and he's, he's a bad, he's a bad motherfucker. Like, I don't care. You know, I, I'll stand right. behind Rick Bayless all day. Like that guy's, yeah, I mean, you know, he, the, a lot of those Frontera products that you get at the grocery store, you could do a lot worse than picking up some of those Frontera sauces. And- oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I guess I, I won't go so far as to shill for his, like, on-the-shelf product, but, like, and you're right. You could do a lot worse. They are they are good. But, like, just, like, him as, a, you know, a voice for Mexican cuisine and, like, being true and diving in. Yeah. I don't know. It, I, I'm no expert, but like for me, I feel like he's done a nice, yeah. You know, I don't know. He's something. But I, I was just going to tell you something about watching. Oh, real quick, I want to hit on this because um, we talk about streaming a lot, and I don't believe we've talked about this. Um, and I've been checking it out. So for my birthday, my brother-in-law, um, if you're listening, thank you, Matt. Um, bought me this killer like pack of DVDs from one of my favorite distribution houses, uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Hmm. Um, Vinegar Syndrome is a trash... um, They specialize in trash and cult films, and um, they just recently started a streaming service called um, Exploitation.tv. So they specialize in, like I said, trash and exploitation films... Of all of all types, so ranging from black exploitation to martial arts to you know like um like storefront pornography not like adult film it's not pornography, but right. it's you know that world of like trash yeah, yeah. slash adult film before pornography was like a recognized thing that it's like it's okay to have porn, it was under the guise of an adult film right. so and it used to, it was a different thing then, you know. So, um, anyway, exploitation.tv, if you're at all into trash, um, genre and, um, exploitation stuff, like it's a killer deal. It's super cheap. Um, and you can stream, there literally is zero, there are no other places in the world to find the shit that they have. Wow. Um, so it's a, it's a great, it's not for everybody. You know what right. I mean? It's fucking garbage. It's right. by definition, it's garbage, right. but I'm, I love it. And, <laughs> um, and, and it exists nowhere else. And it's another, just an amazing fucking streaming service that you're like, 
yeah, man, fucking tell us quickly about one of the best ones that you've watched. Oh man, so one of the best ones I've watched. Like they they've got like titles like they got Dolomite. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've got like distribution for Dolomite. That's huge. And um, one of the best ones that I've watched was um. And as is the norm with this shit, the fucking titles you completely forget because they're they're completely forgettable. It's like you know, Fist of the Sword or right. fucking like Sword of the Night or yeah. some shit. But <laughs> um, but there's this amazing one. It's my favorite one that is a um, plane crash on a deserted island and um. It's uh, everybody's, you know, scrambles to try and find their way. Mm-hmm. One, it's a black exploitation slash like survival slash adult film where, oh. like, it's killer. <laughs> dude, it's killer. So there's like, um, you know, coming off the coattails of like Kareem and like Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Game of death. Yeah, yeah, you know, and like. And and Kareem was like one of many African Americans like in the kung fu scene, scene yeah. right? So um, this was like a spinoff of that, um, and it, not even it just took parts of it. This thing takes pieces from everything. It's got pieces of fucking uh, you know kung fu, pieces of porn, pieces of fucking everything, and. Um, and this guy, like, basically this African-American fucking hero, um, like, runs this entire group of plane survivors while he's, like, making time with every, like, super hot chick that's there. And he he's just, like, re- living the ultimate dream on this island um, and, and killing bad guys. And, and it leads nowhere. Like, there is no plot that le- takes you anywhere, but... right. It's like snakes on a plane. It's fucking, but so much better. Right. <laughs> so much better. So check out exploitation.tv. Nice. It's killer. Um, so, hey, let's pop open this bottle before it gets any fucking warmer. Um, what are these? This is... Um, Malta Goya. Malta Goya. Yeah, it's it's carbonated, so don't really shake, shake it like you would a kombucha. Like, just kind of turn it upside down. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and uh, where's that bottle? Here we go. Um, so after we pop this, I ha- I've got a. After we pop this, I've got a story to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a screw top. Oh, nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Um, so have a sip of this bad Whoa. bitch. Fucking a, right? That's, Isn't that something? That is crazy. So Malta Goya is a um, it, it, it's a malt, it's a malt beverage. Um, so malt liquor obviously, um, it lets all that sugar turn to alcohol. This is basically the product before it turns to alcohol, so it's still very sweet. Um, it tastes like a weird fermented soda. That's exactly. But it what tastes it, like really. Like really mo- l- molasses, molasses, molassesy. I don't know. If that's it's a word. Mo- it tastes like molasses. It tastes like molasses. Yeah, it tastes like if uh, Coca Cola had like a ton of molasses in it. 
That's not a good face. I don't know that you're enjoying that. <laughs> I used to get this, like, from time to time. Like, this was, when I lived on St. Croix, like, this was a thing. And you know, like, it says here, non-alcoholic, because, like, yeah. malt obviously wants to be booze. Right. For sure. It's what it's born to do. That's weird. I guess people must like this in the <laughs> in Mexico. Well, this is... Yeah. I mean, it's not entirely unpleasant. It's just really foreign to anything we we drink or so enjoy. So, for reference, uh, this is... We're, we're drinking a... Um, uh, what they call a hand grenade. Um, the 7-ounce, like, stub bottle. And in this stubby bottle... There is 22 grams of sugar. So this has about 40. Holy shit. This has approximately 40 to 50% more sugar than a Coca-Cola. Jeez. So fucking let's put that one down. Yeah. But something. Yeah, it's interesting. There you go. I've never tasted anything quite like that. It's a little, it's something, right? Yeah. Uh, tell me, t- tell so me a story. Tell me a story. A few weeks ago. I'm in Pasadena. Yes. And I've got a, sort of a morning ritual there. It's it's really great to be in Pasadena in LA. You know, the oh. greater LA County. Pasadena's great. And just roll yeah. out of your hotel. It doesn't pretty much almost doesn't matter what time of year it is, you can just roll out of your hotel in like short sleeves or just your dress shirt. Walk and get like a morning I go to Starbucks every morning. Yep. So I'm there. I'm going to Starbucks on my way to a meeting, uh, and I get into the Starbucks, and immediately as I walk in the door, I see, you know how, like, you, you don't often, you're not often aware of this in, in the day-to-day, but you aren't aware of how good humans are at picking out someone who's really abnormal? And in this case, it wasn't so hard to figure, figure out that this guy was abnormal, because he had... He was standing in line. There were two guys standing shoulder to shoulder in front of me at the back of the line in Starbucks. And this guy had these weird stringy bandages. Like, and when I say bandages, I don't mean band-aids. I mean like white sort of mummy-like bandages. Like gauze hanging in thin lines off of his face. Like all over the top half of his face. Almost like he's trying to obscure his identity. And... So I noticed I'm like, oh, like, I don't know if that guy just had cosmetic surgery or like what's going on. But it, and it wasn't like it was in thin strips. So it wasn't like it was covering his face. It was almost like not he, invisible he, man. type. No, shit. not invisible man type shit. Almost like he had tiny lacerations all over the top part of his face or he'd been like, oh, which is why I thought maybe it had something to do with like some sort of <laughs> reconstructive or facial surgery or something. So anyways, this I. Because they were standing shoulder to shoulder, I assumed that these two people were together in front of me. So okay. it was like a guy and his friend who had just, I don't know, had some sort of... But So what happened was, almost immediately when I came in, this guy s- steps back. He takes a step back to me. You're behind him in line? And behind these, these two guys that I thought were together in line, they're not together. And what's happening is this guy steps back, and I realize what, what happened is... Uh, he asked me, will you buy me a banana? Get, what? And I was like... At Starbucks? At Starbucks. And I was like... He's in line. Sure. Like... You said yes? I said, I'll buy you a banana. Wow. And so, 
the bananas are right there, but he's waiting for me to pick him out a banana. And I'm like, fuck you. What do you want to like? You should just pick out a banana. And so he reaches <laughs> Get across the fuck me out of here. and he gets a banana and we're waiting. Wait, wait, he's waiting for you to pick out the banana. Yeah. Like, so th- this is the whole vibe of this thing was like, this is not someone who's generally like begging for food. Like he doesn't look like your typical homeless person. He's got like a like a performance underlayer on underneath a hoodie, and he's he's really as we're waiting in line together, and he gets his banana. And we're waiting in line, and he just has this like he just wants the whole thing to be over. He wants us your, us to get to the front. He wants me to pay for this banana. He just wants to get the hell out of there. What's your assumption? Are you like, this guy doesn't have the money for the banana or he doesn't have the, I have no idea. You don't know. I mean, this is someone with like crazy bandages on his face, right? <laughs> Dude, so what? So we're standing there in line and I'm thinking, <laughs> it's, it's too good. Uh, here I am thinking like, you know, I'm expensing whatever this is. Yeah. And not you only mean am, he does or, I'm thinking this to myself, like, I'm going to, like, I'm I'm, I'm good this. for the 85 cents. I'm good for the, like, 85 cents for the banana. And I'm like, turn to this guy, and I'm like, do you want to get something else? What? All right. And he, he's like. You're looking after him. Looks around, oh. and he picks out, like, a box with, like, one of those protein boxes with, like, a hard-boiled egg and some cheese and some other. So a know, $9 stuff. So I don't know, Breakfast. like six six bucks or whatever. Yeah. So we can roll up there, and I get, I I get my drink, and I, you know, I'm and I say, I'm going to get these two other things as well. You're an empath. I pay for this. I stuff. love you. So, so I I say I'm going to buy these things. I pay for these things. He says, thank you very much. And the whole time he's just like. I can, he's you know how you can sense how when someone's really uncomfortable and there's, he's the whole time he's just like, he's like this woman, there's two cashiers and one of them looks like they're going to get open and he's like trying, he's just trying to go forward and get this whole thing over with. Like he just wants this whole thing to be done. And he wants to be out of here really fast. Yeah. 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 And so that makes me want the whole thing to be done. And of course. To be out of there, of course, as well. Cause I'm like, for Sensing his sake, his for his sake, I'm like, okay, this guy's really anxious and he just wants this whole thing over with. So let's get out of here. Yeah. So. We, I pay for this stuff and he says, thank you very much. He goes over and I see he has some bags, like all of his worldly possessions. He has a big duffel bag and he has a big backpack. And like, this is someone who is Is like garbage looking bags. Not, it is not garbage looking bags. Oh no. This is like some shit is going down here. So I don't know if this is like, and the other thing is like. Did not, he know the person pre- he was in line Not to be presumptuous. No, he didn't know the person. I think this person had just refused to buy him anything. Okay, okay. So I think that's what happened. All right, like all right, I had right. walked in. This guy had just asked this person to like do him a favor and buy him a banana. And this guy was like, Fail. Fuck off. Step back to you. So gotcha. then he comes back to me. So not like super high-end backpack and duffel bag, but like nice stuff. you know. So I'm like, this, this to me, like using deductive reasoning, like this is someone who has not been homeless for very long. Like his circumstances have recently changed and he finds himself out on the street. He, he is someone who's obviously uncomfortable and not that familiar with like, you don't walk. Most people don't walk into a Starbucks and step to strangers in line and like ask for a banana. It's not how you do it. Yeah. So I'm, I get my stuff and I go outside and I'm standing there like waiting for an Uber to take me to this meeting. And I'm thinking like, I should have done something more for this kid. I should have like asked him if he needed a place to stay and gotten him a hotel room or like 
done something else for for this kid. Jesus. And so it's fucking with with me the whole day. That night I go for drinks. Stop it. Stop that night it. I go for drinks with our mutual friend Jonathan Green. You're shitting me. And I tell I'm like the whole day It's stuck with me. Not like every moment of the day, but I like thought of this kid a few times through the day and was like, I sh- I should have done something else. It's I should have like stepped in and done something more, even if I had just like gave the kid sixty bucks so, or something. Right, like that. right, right, right. Something you, know, you felt done like something. So I'm having drinks with JG. Yep. And I start to tell him the story, and he's like, I I get to the point where I'm like, I walked into Starbucks, and I see this guy, and I'm like, he's like, wait a minute. Don't, no. Did this guy have bandages (laughs) over his face? No, 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 no. They're like, yeah, he did. He was like, I saw that fucking guy at the coffee shop, like, in the afternoon. Like, he and his business partners, like, went to have a meeting at, at Intelligentsia, which is, like, three blocks up the street from where the Starbucks is. Right. On the same street. Uh, yeah. And this, what happened was, is he said, we, like, we're trying to have a meeting and, like, we were all, as soon as this guy came in, same thing, like, the whole place is, like, something's off about this guy. Like, everyone in the coffee house is, like, registered that this guy has come in. He puts his stuff down. He goes to the bathroom. <laughs> fuck. And on the way back from the bathroom, this kid is, like, He's basically the way JG described it. He was weaving so much from side to side that he thought he was going to fall over. Oh no! And he like was weaving so bad that he almost. <laughs> Jonathan said he was watching it. As he almost whacked his head into one of Jonathan's partners because he was so like, <laughs> like God, sideways only- as he was walking down the aisle of tables, like almost. And he was like, he was high out of his mind. <sighs> so like. That, like, first of all, how fucking crazy is it that I happen to... I know, like, one other person in Pasadena. Right. And that person (laughs) happens to have also seen this person. And how... So it's like, now I have this new perspective on the situation. Like, this kid... Here's this kid, like, later that afternoon, and he's... And he said he, like, had money, and he bought stuff in Intelligentsia, too. So it was like... Wow. Wow. So I don't know what this guy's deal is. And it's not like it makes me think, oh, well, he was a junkie or something. And so therefore right, right. I shouldn't I shouldn't have felt bad about not helping him. No, more. No, I no. still feel bad about not, not helping the kid. Right. That doesn't but, have any bearing. Um, I'm, it I'm, just I'm, makes I'm, me wonder, like, what the fuck? Well, the, I'm, 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 what the is bandages this, have what got is me. this kid's deal? I'm dying to know the bandages. And I, I felt bad, like, I should have asked him his name or I should have said, like, what's going on? Like, tell me. But like he was so uncomfortable, you could you couldn't. I, I feel like he just would have like crawled under the table and wanted to die if I had like asked this kid anymore. So you keep saying kid. He was younger. He was like probably twenty. Oh, I would fuck. guess so twenty one. Twenty. Okay, so he's very young. Oh my god, was there any blood? Was there blood soaking through Mm-mm. the bandages or some shit? No. Well, Jesus, mate, I'm. I need to like next time I'm in Pasadena, I'm digging. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sitting at Starbucks all day, looking for like the, 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 the gauzed. It's funny you say that because my my first impulse when as soon as I finished wrap for the day with like all my business related stuff was to go back down to like the main street in Old Town Pasadena and look for this kid. 
You're a good man. You're a good man. I, I, yeah, I, I, I sometimes have that connection, but I will tell you this, that after living in San Francisco for 14 years, oh. I am very much desensitized to, to be honest with you, it's the truth to paint it. I'm just, it's a, I can't allow that in because if I allow one in, I'm done. Right. Because then I'm quitting my job and I'm working at a soup kitchen. Right. So you're either in or you're out for me. So I'm unfortunately, it's a problem that it, you're, you're out, you're out, you're out, out. That's, and that's because that's my defense mechanism is I can't, I can't let you in because I'll, I'll be too fucked up about it. So, right. you know, I can't deal with it, but Jesus. Well, hell man, do we, uh, do we want to like, all right. Do we want to do like a frat fucking, we don't. Shot of hard. I have to say, this tequila is really good. Isn't it nice? Don't you think? I do. Yeah. Where, did you get this at the Mercado as well? No, they mm. do not sell liquor. But um, it, a nice um, thing that you don't see in Minnesota, you know, you get used to in California, is that you pick up your groceries and you pick up some beer or wine. Yeah. And this Mercado sells. Well, they don't sell wine, but they do sell beer. So hmm. that's you do not see I've never seen anywhere else in Minnesota. Right. Um and it's not it's not um like near beer or it's like three fake two beer, beer or, or whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's not that it's like real Budweiser and wow. real shit. Corona. Are they just doing it illegally? Who knows? Yeah, hopefully. I mean my the whole tour of LA, all you saw was like a whole bunch of illegal shit happening. And there's all these like they're really sensitive about like don't take photos because it's all against FDA. It's oh. all against like there was one of the places there was a wall of fake fucking Jordans, you know? Oh fuck like, yeah, there are. T- yeah, you know oh, it's yeah. all just black and gray market shit and oh yeah, health code violations up the ass and oh everywhere. You know it's just, like yeah 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 craziness. So Thank God, that's what makes that city great. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean it makes well that's what makes every city great is. The gray areas, right? Yeah. For, for sure. sure. Well, shit, man. All right. Well, so can, we should wrap it up, right? Yeah. Let's wrap it. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this meandering journey of hot sauces and TV shows and <laughs> Quora. Um, I would like to take a moment to say a heartfelt congratulations to Kaya. On um, her legal name change. Oh, congratulations. Officially recognized by Judge Esposito of New York City. So congratulations, Kaya. Uh, big congrats. I didn't know. That's, that's great news. And uh, thanks, as always, for everything that you do for us and for making this podcast sound great. Yes. Thank you very much. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. See you, everybody.